0: Well, happy Memorial Day weekend, Chapel family. You know, it's this weekend that we spend a little bit of time just to remember and give thanks to those who have not only fought and served our country, but who have ultimately given their lives for us. And so uh, you are a fantastic representation of even what Jesus has done laying down his life for us. So thank you so
1: much for, for your sacrifice. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, it was around 58 AD where Paul was writing a letter to a group of Christ followers gathered in a city called Rome. Thankfully for us, that letter has been preserved and we find that in the scriptures. And we refer to that letter as a letter to the Romans. It was in this letter where Paul beautifully reflected on the theological truths of Jesus, where he looked deeply into Jesus' life and death and resurrection. Well, as he's writing this letter to the Romans in chapter 12, he pivots from the theological to the practical. In other words, Paul, he is looking at the truth of Jesus and saying, yes, it's good for you to have it in your mind, but it's better for you to have it come through your lives. And so what Paul is doing in Romans chapter 12 is laying out a vision for how we as Christ's followers should live our lives on a daily basis. So what we want to do over the next five weeks is look at Romans 12, specifically verses 9 through 21. And we're talking about this concept in a message series that we're calling Genuine. Why Genuine? Because Paul tells us how to live a genuine life, a life that's genuine before God and a life that's genuine before other people.
0: And the Apostle Paul, he begins this section talking about the word love. And and in our culture we've so simplified the meaning of this word love to the point where it's ultimately become meaningless. Yeah. I mean, I can, uh, I, I can interchangeably say things like I love ice cream Me too. and I love coffee yep. and I love my wife and I love the Cleveland Browns. Yes, me too. N- bad example, <laughs> but, but in therein it lies the problem that we use this word love to describe so many things in our lives that that it's lost its ultimate meaning. And that's why I love what C.S. Lewis says here when he writes, Love is not an affectionate feeling, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. In other words, he's saying love isn't based on feelings. And that's a good thing because my feelings can change from day to day and even from moment to moment. (laughs) Instead, he's saying love is based on the action of will on our part. That means that we will do whatever it takes for the good of another person. But my question, I think, is is how? Mm. What does this look like in our daily lives? And so the Apostle Paul here, he tells us in verses 9 and 10, What this looks like and how we can accomplish it. He says this don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. That
1: first part of verse nine is a true challenge. When you read it and when I read it, it probably makes us think are we really loving people? Because Paul says, just don't pretend to love others, really love them. To understand the gravity of what Paul is saying here, I need to get nerdy with you for just a moment. I want to unpack two words for you to understand what's really happening here. In verses 9 and 10, Paul's going to use two different words to describe love. The first definition that we see in verse 9 is the word love, and it's translated in the Greek as the word agape. That word agape, love, love simply means the kind of love that God has for us. It's a selfless, deliberate, unconditional kind of love. Also, Paul tells us to not pretend to love people. That word pretend literally means the word hypocrite. The word hypocrite means not just to say something, but actually back it up. And if you don't, then you're hypocritical. And it's interesting, Paul connects love With hypocrisy here. He's saying, don't just say you love people. Don't just say you love people with a selfless, deliberate, unconditional love and not actually do something about it. What's scary to me is it's really easy to pretend to love people. In fact, you and I, we've probably gotten really good at it. Even the people in our lives may not be able to distinguish it. But I can tell you it has some deep, long-term ramifications if we continue simply to pretend to love people. Paul is saying you got to knock it off. Stop being hypocritical with your love.
0: And that, that scares me. I mean, how do we know oftentimes if we are pretending to love other people or not? So let me give you just a couple of practical examples to help us to look at this. You know, to love someone the way that that Paul is describing here in Romans chapter 12 means that we're looking out for the interest of others, not just our own. Mm-hmm. We're only pretending to love others when we act in ways that, that we're only caring about our own interests yeah. and, and not the interests of others. And as Eric said, we've gotten, we've gotten really good at pretending here. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't speak to the women who are, are listening today, but I can speak to the men. Mm-hmm. And men, I know in our relationships, in our dating relationships, in our marriage relationships, we've gotten really good at pretending to love others. You know, you know we, we've, we say the right thing or we do the right thing or act the right way just in order to get out of the relationship what we want without yeah. any concern of what the other person needs. This is pretending to love the other person. Mm. You know, I hear women describe oftentimes their relationships to me saying things like, well, he used to do this, mm. or, or "or he used to act this way. And when I hear those things, I think that, that stems from a pretending kind of love. Yeah. But then there's, I think, a second way to love someone the way Paul truly is describing here means to love them uh, un- unconditionally mm-hmm. and, and and with forgiveness, we're only pretending to love others when we love conditionally or when we're keeping score. This is the old, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you routine. Mm-hmm. Or, or the old, you know, 15 years ago you did this thing and yeah. now I'm not only bringing it back up because I haven't forgotten, but I owe you one mm-hmm. routine. That is a pretending kind of love. I think I'm so grateful in my life for my wife because you know i i have not always made the wisest decisions particularly when it comes to our finances Mm. and 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 she can she could back that up (laughs) there are moments in our marriage when when she could have said to me things like look what you got us into Mm. and and we're in this predicament because of you And she could have said those things to me and she would be totally right. Thankfully, Trisha is not a pretender Mm. when it comes to love. In all the years we've been together and all the mistakes I've made and all the things that she could have blamed me for, she's never kept score with me. She's never said, this is all your fault. She's approached our, our marriage and our relationship and our love with a... I'm with you kind of attitude. We're on the same team kind of attitude. And I tell you, in our relationship, that's been a complete game changer.
1: It's a game changer when you don't pretend to love people, but you actually love them the way Christ loves us. And Paul knows how important this is. He doesn't just tell us to do it. He shows us how to do it as well. And the next parts of verse 9 and verse 10 tell us how to do that. I'll be honest with you right away to tell you it's really difficult. And if you're reflecting on this like I have over the past couple of days, you realize how short you really do fall from this. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. And so here's what Paul says in the second part of verse nine here. He's saying, Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. That word hate here literally means. To find something so horrible, so disgusting, that you're repulsed by it. And in the context of loving people, he said, it should make us feel sick when we see other people treated in a way that doesn't value them, that doesn't show them love. Sometimes I'm good at spotting that in other people when they do it to me. But am I truly doing that in myself when I'm loving other people? Christ follower, I just want to challenge you for a moment. A lot of times we will love people that look like us or to believe like us or have the same thoughts as us. But when they don't, we use that as an excuse and somehow attach Jesus to it like we are allowed to treat them differently. Christ follower, it doesn't matter what political party the person is in. It doesn't matter which side of this pandemic they're on. It doesn't matter what their skin color is or what they believe. We are not allowed to have any room for hate. We are not allowed to have room for any injustice or gossip or racism or slander. In fact, we should be appalled at it, not just when we see it in others, but we should be appalled at it when we see it in ourselves. That's why Paul says you have to hate it. He's so strong here. And then he tells us the opposite of how we should be living. He says we should hold tightly to what is good. That word hold tightly there, that phrase literally means to glue ourselves to something. I love that imagery. Instead of participating or even leaving room for something that wouldn't show love to other people. He said, we should be so close to God that we are glued to him. That God is so good and our lives reflect him that when people interact with us, our thoughts, our words, our actions should reflect who God is. So my question to you today is, are you tolerating anything and excusing it as a Christian behavior? Or are you hating the wrong, hating the evil so much that you're willing to attach yourself to God and live the life that he is calling you to live as a Christ follower? And
0: then, and then Paul goes on to say in verse 10, love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. You know, Paul introduces here a brand new word for love. It's the word Philadelphia. Hmm. And if you're like me when you think of the word Philadelphia, the city, uh, you think of things like uh, the movie Rocky, or you think of things like the Philly cheesesteak sandwich. Oh, and I love those. I do too. Man. I do too. <laughs> but the city of Philadelphia is nicknamed the city of brotherly love, and, and that is exactly what this word means. Is we are called To love every person, no matter who they are, with the same kind of love and affection that you would would care and love your own family with. Mm -hmm. And I've always loved then the second part of this verse that says, Take delight in honoring each other. Because to honor someone means that you recognize that person's value. You know, I love the idea that as Christ followers and even as churches, that we are not in the business to compete. Mm. Competition should never drive our behavior. However, in this verse, it says if you are gonna compete, that you should compete to outdo each other in mm. honor. This is the competition you wanna win yeah. outdo one another and showing each other honor. I mean, can you imagine what it would look like in mm. our lives if we did this? Things in our churches would change. I personally committed to not speak poorly about another church. Hmm. I'm thinking about the other churches in our Norwalk community, and even the ones that I may not agree with theologically, I will not speak poorly of them. Yeah. It's a never a, a chapel versus them attitude. It's always an us for them attitude. I, I mean, can you imagine what this would look like? If other churches are doing things in the community that are positive and uplifting, I want to encourage them. I want to support them in that. I want to celebrate with them in yeah. that. You know. And, and if they're not, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Mm. Imagine what unbelievers and people outside the church walls think when they see Christ followers mm. honoring and loving each other yeah. in this way. It's a game-changer and not only a game-changer in our churches, but it's going to change our marriages Men wives deserve to be treated with honor Mm -hmm. and wives your husband's need to be treated with honor Compete with one another to outdo each other in this I mean think about how strong our marriages would be if this was our driving force to win a competition of honor Mm -hmm. with each other You know, I've also committed to not speak poorly of my wife. Mm. I'll not uh, talk behind her back about her. I'm never going to belittle her to other people. Husbands, I wonder if you can join me in making that pact about your wife as well. Mm. Because our churches will change, our marriages will change, and then I think even our interactions with, with other people will change. Our interactions with people on on social media will change instead of tearing someone down what if what if we would honor them by saying life-giving words to them and if i can't say life-giving words to them then maybe i shouldn't say anything at all and so i ask you before you press the send button or the post button ask yourself is this honoring to this person is what I'm about to say divisive? Or is what I'm about to say making someone look bad? And if the answer is yes, then I, then I ask, please don't press the
1: send button. Yeah. It's easy to pretend to love people. If you look at our lives through this lens, you're probably like, yeah, it is. I don't do these things all the time. And either do I, either does Charles. But like I said before, that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. And the reason we should try, not just a little bit, but with our entire lives, because that's exactly what Jesus did. You see, Jesus, he in the Gospels, he, you see someone that doesn't pretend to love, that he left his home in heaven to make his home here with us on earth. And he lives a perfect life. And then he shows us that he hates evil so much that he would do whatever it takes to push against it. And he does that on the cross. All the evil in us and in the world was placed on Jesus. And then he died with that and then rose three days later to help us know what good really is and the, to allow ourselves to cling to what is good. It was through his life, death, and resurrection that he taught us to, to be a family and then he also told us how we can honor people because he honored us by dying for us. You see, Jesus, he is the example by which we live. But he isn't just the example. He's also the means. When we are so glued to God in our lives, this kind of love is a possibility. So my challenge to you is simply ask Am I pretending to love people or am I really loving people the way God is asking me to? There's two different paths. And if you walk down that path of clinging to God, it will not just change your life, but it'll change the people around you as well.
0: Yeah, let's pray. Lord, I come to you today and, and I think about um, how overwhelming it is of the example of your love towards us. You know, that you gave your one and only Son because you loved us. And then I think in Ephesians where it says how long, how high, how wide, how deep your love is, though it is too great for us to even understand. Lord, what a great love. I thank you for that. And, and, and Lord, as we look at this passage on how we love others, may we look to you as an example, your perfect love towards us. Lord, may we, may, may we approach our relationships with that kind of a mindset of love. May we approach our jobs and, and our, our work relationships, the people we come in contact with in our communities, Lord, even within the walls of our own homes, with our families, our kids, our wives, Lord, may we approach those things with this kind of love in mind. What an what a amazing thing would happen in our world if we did. So, Lord, we look to you for help. We know we can't do this alone. So help us, Lord, to be more like you in this way every day. And we trust you. In your name I pray. Amen. Happy Memorial Day weekend. See you next week.